Hello and welcome back to Diaries of a Lady Gardener, the podcast about all things planty. From flowers and fruits to succulents and sowing microgreens, we cover a whole host of topics with some of your favourite people across the gardening world. This one's for those who prefer plants to people and think of their seedlings as their children. This episode is sponsored by Mole Valley Farmers, who are celebrating the great outdoors this spring. Visit them in stores across the UK or at moldonline.com between the 1st of March and the 31st of May to make the most of their fabulous offers. You'll find discounts on items like sheds, garden furniture and all of those gardening essentials. So head over to check out their full product range and get your garden summer ready. This week, my guest was the lovely Rachel from Rachel's Allotment, who grows her own across her garden and her plot, alongside studying for her PhD. She's currently leading plant trials, testing out the best peat-free compost mixes, which sounds like the coolest job ever. So we had a lot of compost chat in this one. I found it super interesting, so I hope you'll enjoy. Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, so I thought we'd jump straight into it and we would talk about how you very first got into gardening. Where did you discover your love for it? Um, so I, I didn't really get into gardening until, I don't know, probably like later, later on in my life. I mean, I say that I'm only 30 now, but um, <laughs> when I when I was at school like uh, as a child and that sort of thing I don't think I was really that into gardening um my mum and dad would kind of get me out in the garden maybe doing a bit of weeding hoeing whatever but it's not anything that I really enjoyed I suppose I you know I did it I was there sort of soaked up the um the information but uh, it wasn't until I went to university so I did a degree in biology and then I did a master's in molecular microbial, uh, plant and microbial sciences, forget what it is. Um, <laughs> and then while I was doing that, the, the absolute highlight for me was growing plants while I was like as part of my project. So, I mean, it's quite different. So I was growing uh, wheat and I was growing tobacco. So not really anything relevant to what I'm doing now, but um I just I just found that, that was the most enjoyable part of my job and um, I wanted to try and include more of that in my life I suppose so um, after I did my master's I moved up to Sheffield uh, well before I moved up I had you know like bits on the windowsill so I'd grow basil and uh, I don't know uh, just mainly herbs I think I tried I tried to grow corn but I only grew one plant <laughs> which I, I, now it just seems ridiculous to me. But yeah, I tried to grow corn, one plant, nothing happened, obviously. Uh, and I had it inside my house. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but then uh, when we moved up to Sheffield, uh, I pretty much straight away, don't really know why, uh, just put my name down on the allotment waiting list. And that was in January and I got one in the... Well, I was offered my first one in April. Oh, that's so really quick. Really good turnaround. I mean, the, the site that I'm at now, uh, I asked to be put back on the waiting list because I was thinking, well, oh, maybe I'll get another half plot because I've only got half at the moment. And 
they said that there was 99 people on the waiting list wow so uh there's no chance so uh I'm, I'm happy with what I've got it's more than enough and I've got a garden as well so I mean it's more than a lot of people so yeah that's such a cool way of having gotten into gardening as well like most people go from growing the real basics and then they go into growing slightly more unusual plants but you went yeah. straight in at the deep end no. yeah straight in um so with the tobacco for example um it was more for you know like molecular studies so um you you'd basically be able to put a gene transform a gene into tobacco so you'd I would be doing this genetic modification stuff um, and being able to express it in tobacco to see how the gene reacted. So oh, wow. it wasn't you know, grow it to smoke or anything. <laughs> I mean, technically, I could have probably done that, but um, it's, it's not something I'm interested in. So, <laughs> <laughs> And do you find what, what you learned there, has it made your growing like another level to what everyone else is at because you really, really understand the science behind it? Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm at another level to anyone else, definitely. But um, I, do you know what? I, I feel like I know a lot of the background. So I haven't personally done uh, RHS qualification, but I feel like a lot of the stuff, the plant biology side, I would know anyway. It's just mm-hmm. the practical stuff that I'm kind of teaching myself now. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's quite nice to be able to know a lot about the so my specialism sort of thing is crop improvement and food sustainability but particularly diseases so uh, what I'm working on at the moment is a parasitic plant called striga uh, which is a it's a weed basically which infects uh, all types of cereal crops in sub-saharan Africa um and just causes massive yield losses so I'm working on rice specifically but um the I, I don't know I would oh wait I can't remember what I was saying now about the the rice and the oh, yeah. infected plants <laughs> yeah but I, I yeah I've lost my train of thought <laughs> that's right I I, I, I can edit case. it out <laughs> yeah okay that's probably for the best <laughs> um yeah I can't remember what the hell I'm saying oh um yeah just we can move on to another question I'm so bad at this honestly don't worry about it um I think you're talking about the plant trials you're working on currently we can Um, move on to another topic if you want though I I literally it's just (laughs) it's gone Oh my god! It's not even been that it's long. Right. Day. You, can, you can take a minute. You can take a minute. Um, so what was I saying? So, um, so I said, uh, so I was working on Striga, and uh, oh, okay. So I'm working on like uh, plant diseases. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So in terms of plant diseases. I feel like I know, not loads, but um, I feel like I know the background to it. So in that sort of sense, um, it's not that I can prevent plant diseases, but it's, uh, it's quite good to know how, how infection happens and how potentially we can prevent it. So I, I definitely think that 
that's kind of a positive. Yeah. Definitely. And I think that that's knowledge that not a lot of people have. Uh, that was why I did the RHS level two, because I was like, I can grow plants and I, it's working. Like I'm not having yeah. any major problems, but I don't actually understand why the plants leaves are going yellow or like what's happening when different things are happening to the plants. And so for me, it was very much like a, I really feel like I need the basic understanding of what the plant's doing and why it, things are diff- happening as opposed yeah. to just like watching it happen and being like, Oh yeah, great. It's growing. So that's what matters. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I think the RHS, I, I've thought about doing it to be honest. Um, I don't know what your experience is. Like, so you've finished level two now. Yeah, I um, got my certificate in the post a few weeks ago. Uh, there was there was bits of it that were brilliant and you'd probably absolutely fly through because it's all the plant biology stuff. Um, there was a few bits that I didn't necessarily not agree with, but quite a lot of the syllabus was focused on learning about um, chemical fertilisers and knowing the application rates and the names of all of these different chemicals that are in the chemical fertilisers and things like yeah. that. And for me, I was like... I'm sure that it's really important that people know how to use it correctly, but I just would never use it. And I'm not sure why there's such an emphasis on learning that bit when there's so many great organic ways that you can do it too. Um, Because I, I, as a gardener, don't really, well, I don't use any herbicides or pesticides or anything. Um, But when I was at the, so at the moment I'm working on a project with Bloom and Amazing. I'm developing this peat-free uh, compost, but um, I'm I'm actually working in a nursery at the moment. So in this nursery, uh, when they get plants in, they'll all be sprayed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's like as soon as you get them in, um, when I was going to go to pot things on, I was suggested, oh well, you know this time. Uh, you want to stop it going moldy so you'll have to spray it no I think that's just just normal practice I suppose it's it's the stuff that we don't really think about so if we get plugs or uh anything from garden center we don't really know I suppose what exactly has gone gone on like beforehand when it's been growing yeah that's so, so it, true it's quite interesting seeing how nurseries operate Mm. yeah that's actually not something I'd really thought about but I remember listening to probably another podcast actually about when you buy in if you're like a certified organic farm and you bought in like perennials that are in like two litre tubs for example you have to like transition them to being fully organic and it's like a three-year process because you can't guarantee that they were organically grown beforehand it mm-hmm. takes three years for those plants to be fully certified organic. So you have to put them in like a different area of your, I don't know if it necessarily has to be a different area, but you have to put them like aside from all of your other crops and you have to state as you're selling them that that plant is in a transitional phase of becoming fully organic. So you can't actually sell those products as organic because it's they've got three years to go through, which is crazy. Yeah, that's really interesting. Mm. Oh, wow. And um, I, I don't know, like the, the soil association approved logo that sort of thing mm-hmm. it means that it's i think if i get this right it's suitable for use in organic growing but it doesn't mean that there's definitely no there's nothing in there oh really it, it just means that, that the levels are low enough they think that it will be useful 
mm-hmm. uh, like um, that it, it won't have any um, you know pesticides or herbicides or anything so yeah it, it it's not um, a black and white thing it's no it's, not at all yeah to be fair there's so much obviously like I try and be organic where I can but I completely forget when I'm buying seeds and you in my head I just assume that all seeds would be organic because yeah, it's a seed yeah. and then you're like oh this packet says that it's specifically organic and then I check through all my other ones and I'm like literally none of the others are because you have to buy it from quite specialist companies to get an organic yeah. seed <laughs> no I'm, I'm exactly the same I I sort of I try and I, like you do just I try and I, I say I'm like pesticide free because then you know if you have some sort of fertilizer um that you I don't know you find in the back of your cupboard or um I don't know you someone gives you um a bag of compost Mm -hmm. that um I don't know you you don't know exactly where it's come from or yeah you you get given a plant um or you go to a garden center and you buy a plant you don't know exactly where it's come from Mm -hmm. so I think as long as you sort of just say yeah there's um I say everyone's got like a set of sort of standards so Mm -hmm. uh you know you don't have to be absolutely perfect like it's just and it's not a matter of being perfect or not I suppose because you don't have to be organic it's just Mm -hmm better <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole thing is such a learning curve like I'm sure that although you've had such like an a educational background in the plant science side of things you probably still learn stuff every day like it's crazy how you watch nature do something and you're like oh wow that's pretty oh cool. yeah yeah I'm 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 a novice at the end of the day like I I, I might be getting a PhD but I there's so many things that I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I think that's yeah. what's exciting about it though isn't it you're never going to get to a point where you're like I feel satisfied that I know everything that there is to know about oh absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about your job because it it seems very exciting and you've only recently started this project haven't you yeah um so the the stuff with Bloomin' Amazing mm-hmm. so uh yeah it's, it's really interesting actually so it came about because uh last year I put on my Instagram stories that as part of my PhD, I have to do a professional internship. Mm-hmm. So I have to work, um, I have to do a three month placement, which is just outside of my PhD, completely unrelated. Um, and so I, I said on my stories, um, does anyone want me for three months? <laughs> what, what sort of jobs are there out there? Because I don't really know what I want to do, but I think like a lot of people they've in the past couple of years found quite um I don't know quite a, a liking for growing plants and that sort of thing so I I, I think I want to get into horticulture a bit more um so yeah they blew and amazing and reached out and they they asked if I wanted to get involved with the project and um since September I think I've been basically project managing this this uh the development of a new peat-free compost so um if you, if people don't know um they basically sell this digestate which is bits of um maize and 
maize and rye, I think it is, that's, uh, that goes into a, an anaerobic digester, gets digested, uh, the gas goes off and then the energy sort of goes into the, the national grid. And uh, then the byproduct, um, which is this separate company, this Bloomin' Amazing, is just the digested bits of plant, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so they've been selling that as a, a mulch, um, a soil improver sort of thing. And I mean, there's loads of companies out there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pitching for Bloomin' Amazing. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the exact same thing is from uh plant grow natural grower uh rocket grow like loads of people out there um but they've all got these different anaerobic digesters around the country basically so it's um, such a cool process um yeah, yeah i've been chatting with rocket grow because i've just become the ambassador for them and yeah. learning about it is absolutely fascinating just to see like a completely different way of making compost to how like we make it on our allotment yeah yeah absolutely and uh the the so the Bloomin' Amazing at the moment, they just produced this, this digestate and it is absolutely, I mean, I don't know if you've tried the, the, the soil improver from Rocket Grow, but it's, it's really good. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's just, um, so I, I used this digestate on the top of my no dig beds last year and I absolutely found that I had more, I don't know if it's because it's no dig, but I had more worm activity mm -hmm. um had less slugs and it definitely meant that the the, the top sort of dried out um, okay. so that the, the like top layer was really dry and then underneath it really kept in the moisture a lot more so I, I had to water a lot less mm -hmm. so uh yeah it was really good but the problem with all of these um digestates is that they have really high electrical conductivity so oh really like uh, it, they've just got really high salt content basically um mm -hmm. so the the issue is that you need to add something in to be able to balance it out um so I've just been looking at um different alternative um formulations basically um that will be able to make a peat-free compost so uh, the majority of companies um I think at the moment will just add green waste um, with or they'll use green waste or they'll add green waste to their product but the problem is that it's quite difficult to source um good green waste I suppose mm. um so that you know so I I've been to quite a big compost manufacturing company recently and uh their sort of process for uh screening their green waste is they put it through like a, a sieve to get rid of all the sticks and everything, but they put it through a metal detector as well. Like it's, you know, the, the, you've got to get rid of all the crap that the general public will put in their green waste, <laughs> basically. Um, so it's it's really um, in depth, I think, and it's it's not it's not that easy to source the good stuff, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think there's always going to be contamination with herbicides and stuff. You can never quite guarantee. Um, so, I mean, we're looking at green waste because eventually it's probably going to be one of the best alternatives. But um, we're looking at 
I mean, I won't tell you all the different mixes that I've come up with because, you know, um, but there's, there's just so many different things you can try um, and alternatives. So I, I think personally I've used Koya before mm-hmm. um, and I, I do think, you know, it's, it's definitely useful. It's just the problem is that it's obviously shipped from uh, South Asia. So yeah, it's, um, you know, you, you've got all those air miles and although it's sort of dehydrated, um, you've then got to rehydrate it using so much water when you get it back to the UK. And uh, I think the processing that goes through with, through with that to reduce the salt content is a lot as well. It's um, one of those... Um two-sided coins I can't think of the exact oh, phrase for it exactly. but you yeah. think you're doing something really great and then when you actually look into it it's like well it probably is still yeah. quite quite bad but you're just trying it's to find like, the best thing though yeah yeah so I think it's important to to try and look at as many different materials as you can um so you know they've, they've got me three months well I mean I've been doing it for a bit longer but uh I, I don't know I, I I've done quite a lot of research on different things that you can add um and waste products as well mm-hmm. so um yeah it, it's going all right at the moment actually um there's there's definitely a few different formulations that seem to be working well and um, so you're testing it is that the amazing rows and rows and rows and rows of pots in the polytunnels yeah, yeah. I, I love it <laughs> i know it, it's great actually um so uh, I'm all these different formulations that I've got, I think I've got 19 mixes or something. Um, so I'm I'm testing them with pansies, thyme, tomatoes, and what's the other one? Lavender. Mm-hmm. So all different sorts of things, different sorts of plants. Um, so I, I I'm I've had to do, I don't know, whatever, uh, four times 19 times eight reps so it's a it's a lot it's like 600 I think 600 pots that I've had to oh, wow. I've had to do so it's intense so when I'm in the nurseries it's yeah uh, a long day but <laughs> imagine you have to be pretty on it with the labeling as well oh yeah yeah there's no I uh I've actually one one thing that's come out of this that's quite good is that I found the the white paint marker pens so mm-hmm. on all the pots, I'm just writing with a like a permanent paint marker. Oh, okay. So it's really it's really good. Uh, yeah, I think that you, is good. You can yeah. scrub it off, um, but yeah, it seems to be the best best option so far. So yeah, well, labeling game it's very good. <laughs> I am the world's worst labeler, so I'll definitely be taking that tip forward. I think already, even just from what I've said, autumn sown there's a mumbo jumbo of things and I'm like I'm pretty sure that that's that but there's no labels on anything and there's pots here there and everywhere and we'll just have to see what comes up when they bloom yeah yeah well it doesn't matter so much in that kind of space yeah yeah it's exciting isn't it um so can we talk a bit more about your actual growing space you've got your own garden and an allotment what's your what would you say is your favorite of the two do you have a favorite is that a mean question so I I spend more time in my allotment probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love my little garden. So I'm I'm like a lot of people just rent a house, a 
terrace house so it's got a tiny little garden um, actually probably bigger than a lot of terraces in Sheffield but um yeah it's, it's nice I've uh, I've tried to put my mark on it but obviously with it being rented it's it's difficult to you know do too much mm-hmm. you if it was me there's plants that I would rip out as soon as possible um but it's yeah at the moment I'm quite happy with it and uh yeah it's I think in the summer I've I've put quite a lot of bulbs in um I put in loads of plants last year and I'm growing so many flowers this year um so my plan is to overhaul the garden completely and obviously with the two three fence panels that have fallen down with the wind um I'm gonna have new fences (laughs) so it's gonna be a glorious summer (laughs) so yeah I love my little garden um I think oh one good thing that I had last year I bought from I think it was Aldi Mm -hmm. uh, on the you know the special buys aisle I bought a pressure washer and it's Um, it's nothing special but it works and that has just transformed it it's uh my patio looks great well the 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 end one does the front garden's a bit you know it's not great but (laughs) that's the next the next job there's always something to to do isn't there Mm, I think pressure washing is so satisfying though especially when it's like a year like six months to a year's worth of non-pressure washed ground and then you're like yeah I know when you can really see the difference it is so satisfying yeah I love that (laughs) like those really satisfying videos you see on Facebook when you watch people do their pressure washing oh yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) it's funny the things that get us excited these days isn't it yeah well there's something on uh TikTok that I've watched I watched probably more in lockdown uh but it was people cleaning pools because that again it's like with a pressure washer you can you can see um you know where the line is and that is really satisfying like but it's the dirtiest pools ever I could easily watch that for a few hours yeah I think that yeah. that's probably how I'll spend the rest of my evening yeah <laughs> just yeah Google it. <laughs> I found the same with them um, cleaning the panels in my shed as well because I've got like a greenhouse shed that plastic I've never cleaned it before and yeah. I had like some horticultural soap and like one of those car cleaning microfiber mitt things oh yeah and honestly I couldn't I couldn't get over how easy it was to clean how quickly it got clean and how much better it looked after and I was like I've put this off for two years and it is like I want to do it again and again and yeah. again but it's obviously not that dirty now so it's got a little bit of dirt on it but you can do it again yeah, that's so true. The sandy air. I think it's like the sandy, Ooh. salty air that's like made yeah. all the windows dirty. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. um, so on your allotment, what have you got planned to grow this year? Much the same as I did last year. So I I have quite a shady plot. It's not the, the sunniest because where my allotments are, we kind of have privet hedges like the whole way round um mm-hmm. kind of individual plots every individual plot has its own hedge oh wow and they're quite high um and despite me chatting to the neighbor behind me um so our, our hedge is probably two meters thick wow um so i 
I can get up on my side, but her side, it's just no chance. Um, but that bit of her plot is sort of untamable. I just think they, they're not bothered about it. They. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a bit of a pain. Um, because it's shady, I am quite good at growing brassicas. So um, I would say they grow best in like part shade conditions because they don't bolt as easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've been really good for me. Um, broccoli, uh, cauliflower, uh, Brussels sprouts, always great and cabbages um you've just named all of my plant nemesis (laughs) oh really have you got um so what what's been your problems with growing them I think because I have a really sunny plot and it just get they just get too dry too quickly and they bolt as soon as as soon as they start forming some kind of head that I'm like oh my god it's happening they bolt and that's that's it and the cabbages are actually okay they don't bolt but they are just so slow growing that mm-hmm. it's like time stands still. I think I harvested yeah. my red cabbage after a year and two months. Oh, and that's wow. too much. That's, so it's too long to wait. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, each plot has its own sort of benefits, doesn't it? Mm. So there's there's things that I struggle growing. Like um, I don't know. My my tomatoes are always really slow. Um, mm-hmm. purely because I haven't got enough sun um, and I yeah I get a lot of leggy plants I suppose but uh, your beetroot crop always looks amazing beetroot's good yeah beetroot's another one that grows quite well in shady conditions I suppose yeah that grows um, well on my allotment too I think it's when people say they can't grow beetroot is one of the things that 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 is the one I can't understand because mine just grows like like a weed yeah yeah Beetroot, yeah, beetroot's great. Mm, um, yeah, uh, I'll probably grow a lot of, probably grow quite a lot of corn again this year. Um, I did two sowings last year and the second one just didn't catch up. Oh, so I really? Think, I think I, I know that I need to do it early. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I can't remember when I did my first sowing. I think it was early April last year. Um, and I, th- I think it's quite good having a diary and writing down exactly when you say things because um you you do kind of understand your plot a bit more I suppose mm-hmm. um but yeah and then year on year it gets easier hopefully because <laughs> you know what's you, what you're doing can I ask how yeah. corn plants you're sowing this year I feel like I never grow enough uh last year I had I started off with 20 and I think it went down to 16 mm-hmm casualties so I would say that's a good amount yeah Mm -hmm. um I I, the year before I think I did 12 and it was fine like I I had enough as long as they're you know relatively close together or even if they're not even if even if they're spaced out a little bit as long as you manually Mm -hmm. um, shake them then it's fine well mine did something a bit bizarre last year they um they were growing and they were growing quite well like it was what I would have called a fairly good start to the to the sweet corn um and I think I had 25 to start with which went down to about 18 but they all formed their tassels let off all of their pollen or whatever's on their tassels is it pollen it must yeah. be um, and then there was no ears 
and then when the ears formed all of the pollen was gone and so there was nothing to pollinate them with and then they just got massive aphid attacks on the corn cobs and so I was like why has everything gone wrong with this corn this year I think I had one cob yeah did you you hadn't direct sowed them they were uh, they were um in modules or yeah Yeah. oh I don't know that's very strange Um, do you know what everyone I've spoken to was like I have no no suggestion on what might have happened there (laughs) I very I'd say every every time I've grown them um I'll have half that sort of flower at one time and then Mm -hmm. it'll be like a couple weeks later the other lot flower so Mm -hmm. I feel like there'll always be pollen around yeah so I don't know and yeah all the ears will always come out eventually (laughs) um my popcorn was good though so I'd I know you're not meant to grow it on the same like different varieties on the same plot I just put them as like far away as I could manage and there was only like six of the popcorn plants but on the popcorn plants every single one produced two quite small but two small ears and I harvest quite a lot of popcorn so yeah. I don't know what what the problem was they were both sown at the same time like the popcorn was fine and the other one just it just didn't didn't want to play ball but hopefully this year you know what the the corn variety was mm, I can't remember it was just... like a I'd sent someone to the garden center they were going to the garden center and I said oh can you pick me up a packet of swift sweet corn and they'd come back with like six different packets of every corn under the sun. And I chose like what two from that selection. Well, that's well yeah, just choose a different one next year. Yeah, <laughs> I've got, I've ordered them already. And I did a little Instagram poll of like, what, what does everyone recommend the most? What is the most reliable? Oh, <laughs> so I've ordered that. I think it might be Swift, either Swift or something that has oh, yeah. golden in the name. Those two that were really highly recommended. So I'm just going with like a standard, well recommended yeah. variety. Yeah, the best. I've tried before. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, how are your potatoes doing? Are they currently okay. chitting? Yeah, they're sitting on the top of my kitchen cabinets at the moment. So I've got like a little gap, like half a meter, on top of my cabinets to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. So they're they're just in these little egg boxes just sitting there and the window sort of faces them so out of the way and I don't have to bother with them <laughs> I had a little peek up there the other day and they're, they're all shooting so it's good yeah <laughs> mine are, they're right next to me to be fair they're about two centimeters on one variety and the other variety haven't haven't started yet but I feel like they're still quite a, well I say quite a while March is next next week yeah well so last year I put potatoes in the ground not in the ground, sorry, in a grow bag. Um, it was about about the 24th of February. Oh, really? So, yeah, but they, those were, um, I want to say, I want to say Swift. Mm-hmm. But now it's just, yeah. There is yeah. definitely a potato that's a Swift a as well. Swift, yeah. yeah, so they, it was, I put those in because you can sow them or plant them at the end of February. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I did... They were they were actually fine. Um, it got a little bit caught on the frosts, but um, when it got frosty, I just I didn't take them inside or anything. I just put some um, like fleece over the top, and mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely fine. Um, and they probably probably harvested a little bit 
maybe a week earlier, maybe two weeks earlier than the, the next lot that I sowed. So, okay. Yeah. And do you always grow yours in grow bags or have you ever tried them in the ground? I tried. Um, so last year I did all my first, I did, no, I grew loads of potatoes last year. They're another one that grows quite well mm. for me. So I did one set of first earlies, the, the first first earlies <laughs> in grow bags. Uh, the second first earlies, um, I did them in one bed. And then I did the second earlies in another bed. And then I did the main crop in grow bags. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I just because I'd run out of bed space, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then I did, uh, I did a late crop of Christmas potatoes. And they were okay. They're, they're never going to be massive, but... Um, yeah, they were all right. Probably I, just, I need to sow them earlier. That's the problem. <laughs> I just forget because you're in the middle of summer and you think, oh, forget about t- potatoes. It's uh, definitely. I find everyone always asks me around August, September time about what they could like. Oh, can I grow some Christmas veg for Christmas? And you're like, yeah. oh, maybe if you'd started like six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> But you forget, yeah. don't you? Because I'm not thinking about Christmas until like November. Yeah, yeah. People want Brussels sprouts in September, but that's when I'm starting to harvest mine. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's t- uh, tough to get the um, timings right, but I'm. That's like one of my goals for the year. I'm determined to have. I think this year I had three items on the Christmas dinner. I want to have four or more on the Christmas dinner. So like slowly step closer towards having that fully homegrown Christmas dinner. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Have you got any specific sort of goals or aims for the year? No, really. Um, probably just trying to have a productive year. Um, well, so this, this year I'm writing up my PhD. So I suppose my my goal is to finish that get the <laughs> get the hell away from university uh try and earn some money for once mm-hmm. um, so uh yeah I I I want to I'm obviously going to keep my allotment but I I want to make sure that I don't put too much pressure on myself to to be there all the time and I mm-hmm. so that I, it doesn't have to be perfect. I just want to make sure. I want it to be easy, I suppose, yeah. um, because it's going to be a tough year. Basically, as soon as I come back from this placement, I'm, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I just want to. I want it to be my happy place again. You know, like definitely. Just yeah, so you can go there and just think and not worry and just drink a cup of tea. So, yeah like a little place to have a bit of therapy and time away from yeah. the stresses of actual life <laughs> yeah just enjoy the little things I think that's that's it's really important so yeah definitely um and I know that you've had a bit of bit of a sad weekend with the um with the polytunnel on the allotment yeah <laughs> <laughs> but do you have somewhere yeah. that you can kind of sit and have a cup of tea on your plot uh so I, I have a half plot um, the other half of my plot it belongs to uh, Fran, who is yeah, she's a teacher. Um, so now, like she's she's very lovely. So I'll sometimes go and sit in her shed. Oh, nice. So I, I 
you know there's always if it's raining then there's someone somewhere I can go I suppose but Mm -hmm. I was chatting to my dad because I feel like when something bad happens with DIY you just need input from someone (laughs) like that knows DIY um and uh we're gonna try and think of a way to make some sort of more permanent structure something that isn't as flimsy as a little metal bendy polytunnel um and you know will hopefully last a bit longer um mm-hmm. it's I don't know I don't know if these winds are going to keep coming I don't know with climate change how bad everything's going to get yeah um yeah. so I need something that's probably going to stand stand there for a little while mm-hmm. um, so hopefully my dad's going to come up and have a chat with me in a couple of weeks and uh we can have a bit of a plan about maybe building another structure so yeah I think that'll be something that'll be a really fun project yeah yeah um it's just we'll try and utilize the the bits of metal that are left mm-hmm. you know any way we can um but kind of on a budget so you know I I just want to I want to do something positive mm-hmm. and I it's it's always sad when you lose you know something that you've put a lot of hard work into um like growing in a polytunnel or a greenhouse or something um mm-hmm. I've seen so many people with smashed glass on from their greenhouses though which is horrific like mm. you'd, you'd think that that would be you know really sturdy and wouldn't move <laughs> anywhere um I guess it's just the winds have been so so bad recently. Well, we had three but, storms in like yeah. seventy two hours, so yeah, crazy, really. Um, well, I I had a look at the forecast, and the winds aren't dying down, and for another, uh, well, for the foreseeable, basically. Oh no, so I've not I've not dared to look, to be honest. Oh, well, I had a look until Sunday, and it's still going to be I think fifty mile an hour gusts up oh, wow. here, up, up to, so. Uh, speedy I do feel like sometimes those projects where you've kind of had a couple of failures when you eventually crack it it's like the best feeling because yeah you've put in all of that hard work and you've learned so many lessons and then eventually you just have that big win and it feels like all of that difficulty was worth it yeah yeah absolutely it's you need you need something don't you something Mm. to to boost you and uh, I, th- I think something positive will come out of this. Um, everything will be fine. I, it will. I'm trying not to worry. Like I had, you know, when when it happened, and I'm sure anyone uh, who it's happened to had a little cry or, you know, mm-hmm. just moped around the house or, you know, I don't want to go to the allotment, to be honest, because I'm just, it's a mess. But I've had that time. And now I'm thinking, how can I, how can I do better? What what can I change? And let's get back into action. I've started sowing seeds and everything's great. <laughs> so, oh, exciting. What have you started sowing already? Uh, so I bought the uh, Rose Press Garden Advent Calendar. Love uh, it. Last year. So I have a million seeds from that. <laughs> <laughs> so I've started sowing a, a few of those. Um, uh, I've I started on a few Cosmos because uh, I did sow them 
quite early last year. And I don't know about you, but my Cosmos that I sewed later didn't flower until November last yeah, year. Same. So <laughs> yeah, there were the ones that I sewed in February were the only ones that I really got enough flowers from. So mm-hmm. you might as well sew them early. Um yeah. So Cosmos started um veg wise. I've got Brussels sprouts going. Mm-hmm. Still got my Brussels sprouts in the plot that I'm harvesting. <laughs> but uh I've sewing some more. Um so and I've started broccoli, cabbage, uh, mostly brassicas to be honest. Uh, I've got chilies and peppers and aubergines, tomatoes. I'm not going to start for another couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really trying to hold off it, even though I'm desperate to. Yeah, I just know yeah. I'm going to run out of windowsill space within like yeah. a week. <laughs> because tomatoes as well, they grow really quickly, mm. um, and uh, you're going to have to keep potting them on and yeah it's not worth it with them I'm, no. I'm definitely because I I sewed them in mid-feb last year um so I'm gonna try and wait till mid-march we'll see how I do but <laughs> I am um, I'm saving sewing the loofers because I know that they'll get crazy quite quickly but I've been like if I, if I can hold off till the first of march then I'll sew them the first of march and then we'll go from there yeah, yeah. Did you did you grow loafers last year? Yeah, they were one of like my favourite things to grow, and the babies oh. absolutely loved them. Um, I only had three fairly small fruits that turned into sponges, um, yeah. but it was just such a like a fun process. Like I yeah. always like to grow something that's a bit of fun as opposed to because I love to eat it. Like yeah. I grew melons, and I do actually love to grow melons, but not last year but the year before I grew little mini sugar baby melons for the first time and it was just like watching them grow like a centimeter each week was so exciting and I feel like the loofers were kind of like that last year and then I still I'm still yet to make them into bars of soap but that is my my goal eventually maybe for the Christmas coming I'll make little bars of homemade soap yeah yeah sort of thinking that I wouldn't use loofah loofahs like I because I I don't I I suppose I would use them for washing up mm. I don't know I'm, I'm not really sure how I would use them um but it does it seems like a really fun thing to grow so yeah. well, I'm tempted now it's a really good <laughs> process from like like chitting the seeds in like a sandwich bag right through to like waiting for them to dry and even just the status the sat what's the word satisfaction of peeling them yeah. and shaking all the seeds out like that is really good fun um yeah. and what else is I going to say about loofers that I loved they were a bit of a nightmare to be honest they had a lot of faffy issues for me but they were just so much fun um I've forgotten what, what my point was about them though they're really great I would definitely recommend I think as well oh that's what I was going to say I actually the sponges that I buy they're like eco sponges they have like a loofah sewn on the top anyway and so actually I should probably just swap to using one of the loofahs that I've grown because that's going to save me from buying sponges that are quite expensive actually oh that's interesting just had that revelation here yeah so I just used like a normal you know the normal scouring things yeah but yeah it it's 
I, I just don't know alternatives. That's the thing. So, mm. yeah, maybe if I looked into loofahs a bit more. Okay, right. I'm getting on it. So I'll definitely <laughs> recommend. Yeah. All right. I'll have to try and source some seeds. I'm so I'm sure if I put it on my story, someone would have some loofahs. I've I think I've got some spare in a bowl. I'll send you some. Okay. All right. My saved okay. seeds. <laughs> I've got some saved from chicks and veg that she sent me. Uh, she did a little competition. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I like guessed the amount of seeds or something. So I've got some from her as well. Um, oh wow! But it was watching her process that made me like obsessed with it because yeah, she just looked like she had the most fun like with these plants yeah. that grew like inches per day and these huge leaves and yeah, I just I, I'm super excited to do it again. Yeah. Same sort of satisfaction with pumpkins as well. Um, yes. Like, uh, you know, Steve Newland. Yes. <laughs> so he, he sent me some trumpkin seeds. So I'm really excited about growing Amazing. Them, so. <laughs> He's got so many good seeds. He sent me these oh. Prince Beans last year and they were so yeah. good. Oh. He's, yeah, he's a, he's a pro. Mm. Fountain of knowledge. Yeah. I need to see him actually because he lives nearish me I oh really mm. I find that everyone else lives like the other side of the UK to me I'm like right down in Devon and it takes yeah, hours yeah. to get to anyone <laughs> yeah yeah oh well um Rhiannon uh Devon and Earth yes she uh, she must be yeah. local because she's in Devon yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so I met, I met up with her when I was in Devon it's really oh, yeah. I love meeting people Oh, um, same. you know from Instagram it's funny isn't it like that you you've never met anyone before but you kind of know them and know things about their life yeah so. I think the funniest thing is that uh, like everyone who I've met in person is exactly how they are on Instagram and I like I know that you like obviously people you would expect people would be exactly the same but because you see them speaking in stories all the time then when you meet them in real life, it's like not even weird because you feel like you've watched them yeah, chat yeah. for like hours and hours and hours of Instagram yeah. content. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I'm excited to see hopefully some more people at Chelsea Flower Show this year. I'm hoping yeah. that my little allotment will be there the same day. I know that there are a few other people that I just can't think of who anyone else is. Um, but I, like this year, I just want to go and see everyone like, the podcasts that are like local to Devon, I'll always go and do them in person. So like I went to Amelia's Flower Farm a few weeks ago and it was just the best. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to go to Chelsea. Um, if I can get Amazing. some uh, tickets for the first day, very good. That would be very good. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm there on the Friday. Okay. I have booked the ticket, but I can't remember what the date is. Mm. Um, I had to book it around my sister and the babies, but I'm very excited. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I really want to take my mum, so uh, I'll see where she's working. Definitely. Chelsea last, last year was the first time I'd ever been, and it was just, like, I went on my own, but I had such a fab day, and just, like, exploring, and it was actually really nice to go on my own because I felt like I could just kind of do whatever I wanted to do. And then I was yeah. really on stand for like a few hours and meeting her and um, Amy was just like the best time ever. And then, yeah, it's just really nice. I can't wait to go again. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm, I'm really excited. I went to uh, Tatton Park uh, RHS last year. And that was really fun. And uh, it was massive as well. Um, 
so I, I can only imagine what Chelsea's like or you know Hampton Court so yeah Hampton yeah. Court was also amazing but the stress of Hampton Court was that they had like weather warnings or something and they told us to all bring wellies because it was so wet Oh no! And then it was actually really quite hot, and so I was carrying around like wellies and a jacket with like a summer dress on, and then it would get cold every few minutes, and you'd be like, "Am I hot? Am I cold? Am I getting sunburned, or is it raining?" I just don't know. Are you planning to go to any of the other shows this year? I, yeah, I haven't got any plans, but um, I'd love to go to anything. <laughs> so any opportunity to buy plants or anything related I'm there basically so that was that was my only shock with Chelsea was that Hampton Court Palace there was plants for sale everywhere whereas Chelsea there was very very limited plants for sale I guess they must have different rules yeah maybe so was it more just show gardens then yeah a lot more like um like stalls that were selling like clothing and secateurs and gloves and stuff like that but in the actual plant, I can't think what it's called, like the plant tent, plant tenty bit, the pavilion, the floral pavilion, yeah. I think it's called. Yeah. Um, there was maybe like four or five places selling plants and they it was like you could buy salvias, you could buy succulents and you could buy bulbs and like little packets of seeds. But there just really wasn't that, like I went round with like 50 quid in cash trying to find a plant to buy and I couldn't find anything that I was really that yeah. desperate for. Oh, chrysanthemums. Uh, but they were quite limited yeah. on what was left when I was walking around, so I didn't get any. Oh, yeah. Which was really good. I'd encourage anyone to join if they're, you know, working want to get into horticulture um, everyone is so nice in that group as well oh my god yeah definitely um are you have you are you going to any of the meetings or anything um I really wanted to go to the last one and I was just about to book tickets but because it's it was like five hours there and five hours back and I had a really busy week at work so I couldn't take more uh, than the yeah. one day so I was like I would have yeah. to get up at like 5 a.m to drive there to go do I, the day and drive back so I couldn't yeah. make it it, it was really good um but yeah I had to stay the night before in yeah after, like with my grandma just because Aww. I could not take it down uh that morning but loads of people traveled at like 5 a.m did they I mean it did look amazing yeah. I definitely will try and go to the next one yeah um but yeah Lizzie was there and she she said that at, um at Chelsea um she she did really well obviously she's got mm. a great product but um the uh there were limited numbers of people actually selling seeds or plants or anything. So yeah, yeah. I think the only packet of seeds I bought was a packet of seeds from the Delphinium Society. And they literally had the one packet of seeds and a leaflet that was like two pounds fifty and they only accepted cash and that was all that all all that they were selling wow. for the whole week. Oh wow. People are missing out then, definitely. Definitely. But then Hampton Court Palace was like a like I couldn't I didn't have enough hands to carry all the plants I wanted to buy. And there were so many different nurseries there, <coughs> excuse me, um, selling different plants and like quite unusual things and yeah. bulbs and seeds. And you could have gone like absolutely wild at Hampton Court Palace, yeah. whereas I felt I found it was quite difficult to go wild shopping wise at Chelsea. But obviously yeah. the gardens and the rest of the experience was insane as well. So, yeah. Well, um, Tatton Park was exactly the same. Actually, there was a there was a few 
um, a few gardens that were really good. Um, but yeah, it was it was mostly stalls that sang flowers and seeds and sundries and whatever, you know. But yeah, that I came away with so many things. That's the kind of plant show I like, really. I'd really yeah. love to go to one of the more um, springtime ones. I guess Chelsea kind of is in spring. It was just yeah. in September yeah. last year. But I'm sure that there's, is it Malvern? That's like a spring Malvern, show. Malvern, yeah. I feel like that's closer to me than some of the other gardens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Malvern show. Just Google them. <laughs> you can kind of spit out. <laughs> oh, Mal- Malvern. Oh, Malvern Spring Festival. It's on the 5th of fifth to the 8th of May. Oh, okay. So it's like a few weeks before Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. A lot of people recommend that one. They say it's really good. I actually went to the little, um, my local RHS's Rosemore. And it's like, oh, I think yeah. probably like the smallest of the RHS gardens, but it's only like half an hour, 40 minutes away from me. So we go quite a lot with the with the babies. And their um, flower show was actually really good. And I think it was like free because I had membership. So I didn't have to buy extra tickets. And I saw Hutch Houseplants and like a terrarium workshop. And we had like floral crowns from the British Academy of Floral Art. It was such like a, it was like a really nice day. And obviously the shop there is insane anyway. Um, But it was in comparison to the other shows, it had that real kind of like local wholesome. Yeah like real homegrown talent but the gardens were still amazing so it was quite nice to be fair all three were very different I would say I'd expected them to all be quite similar yeah yeah the full experience definitely need like a bucket list of all the flower shows I would actually love to hear about um some of the non-RHS flower shows because I don't actually think I know of any of the others no, I went to, oh God, what's it called? Um, I can't remember, but I went to, I went to a flower show in, it was near Manchester uh, last year. Oh, I can't remember now. But the, yeah, this flower show that I went to, um, I got an invitation just to go uh, from them. So it was, Oh, cool. Yeah, it's good for me. Um, but yeah, it was it was basically all plants. So there, there I don't think there was any show gardens. Mm-hmm. So it was just basically a, a big plant sale. Um, but there were all these sort of independent nurseries that were selling all their different plants. So it was loads of different varieties and yeah, a lots of interesting stuff to be mm-hmm. honest. And it was it was cheap entry anyway. Um, but yeah, I'll have to try and remember where it was. But yeah, that's good. Yeah, that sounds like my kind of plant show. I just love something where you can come away with like lots of things to buy. That is my my qualm with the like Chelsea flower show is brilliant, but I came away being a bit like, my garden's never going to look that good. What have I taken away that I can actually do at home from this? Probably not that much. Like it was a great day, but I didn't feel super inspired to do anything <laughs> at home. I was like the RHS allotments at Hampton Court Palace. I felt like in that there was like bits that you could take and be like, that's that's a brilliant idea. I'm gonna like take yeah. that and do that in my own space. But whereas with the plants, you buy the plant, you can put it in your space and you're like, oh, a little bit of that flower shows here. Yeah, yeah. Well, with Wisley, when I when I went the other day, um, 
oh it was fantastic just seeing the, the bit where they've got the allotments it's or the I mean it's not it's not technically an allotment it's a it's a fancy part <laughs> that grows vegetables but um yeah it's great it's they, they had so many things on offer it looked so neat obviously mm. it's but um it's a good source of inspiration definitely and for seasonal seasonal veg as well um, yeah absolutely because I think Rosemore always has an amazing display of kale like all year round yeah yeah so you can you could go to these places I mean it's the same with any you know show garden really but you can go every season and you always see something different yeah um, it's, it's lovely isn't it um, it's pretty magic to see the changing seasons as well because yeah, the, the yeah. place that you've seen like a few months earlier looks completely different it doesn't even look like the same space yeah yeah you know I, I went to Wisley in was it early February or yeah and uh you know you'd, you'd think that it's dead like there's nothing about but it's beautiful they've got the snowdrops coming up um the aconites um they've obviously got the big kale um <laughs> but there's there's just so many beautiful things um they've, they've built this garden which is like um like replacements for for box hedging um oh, cool. so it's got the it's a whole sort of uh how do i describe it it's just a huge garden um and it sort of says about different problems with uh box caterpillar and box blight um and all these different plants that you could use instead and uh it's beautiful and they're all different colors different uh textures like leaf shapes it's it's yeah it's interesting so i was gonna say it sounds fascinating yeah yeah it's always a bit of interest about so just know need to know where to look (laughs) yeah definitely i must book a trip to rosemore soon because i think i've got some gift vouchers from christmas that i need need to be spent in the plant shop (laughs) sounds good perfect well i won't take up any more of your evening thank you so much for chatting this evening it's been lovely thank you for having me again yeah it's great i'm so looking forward to watching rachel's plants unfold again this year so don't forget to give her a follow at rachels.allotment she has so many good tips and definitely helps me keep up to date with what needs sewing and when if you've loved listening today please do leave a review and let me know on instagram at diary of a lady gardener I love to hear from you of all of your questions, suggestions and your own gardening stories. That's all from me this week. Happy growing! Mm -hmm.